And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Alex Garrett, and uh, welcome inside to the Saturday sit-down. And it's quite remarkable, by the way, how, um, you know, how they have, how I waited to get this podcast on today, because I was going to put this on in the morning with Eric Cabral, yet I pushed it off and pushed it off and didn't realize the importance of actually pushing today's pod up, or you would never have heard it today anyway. My connection and friendship and our families, the way our family was impacted by Regis Philbin, the longtime talk show host. He was also host of Regis and Kelly, Regis and Kathy Lee. He also did Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. And he was also a friend of George Steinbrenner and President Trump. And wouldn't you know it, the 2003 World Series... Well, leading up to that, 2003 American League Division Series, Regis and Donald Trump are up there for Game 1. And this picture gets taken of Regis and I by Donald Trump before he was president. And so Regis uses this picture because it was so awkward, but it was such a nice picture at the same time. But Regis uses it, you know, Trump can't take a picture for his life. You know, I told Donald, don't ruin the picture of Alexander and I, I mean, he literally said this. You can check it out at my Instagram, at AlexG in NYC, or my Facebook, Alex Garrett profile there. So, we get to know him over that postseason stretch. And as you know, in 2003, it looked like the Red Sox were about to take that world, that ALCS. But it was Aaron Boone's destiny to hit the Yankees into the 2003 World Series And that led to something so incredible. So incredible. Yep, that is me. Alexander Garrett with Regis Philbin and Kelly Ripa. Unbelievable how much uh, Regis wanted me to tell my story on his platform, which I'm forever grateful for. And I will forever miss him just because he was such a great guy to be around. Such energy, even off air. He had this energy. But I want you to hear how this exchange went down on Live with Regis and Kelly, the day after Aaron Boone's incredible home run into the Bronx night to push the Yankees into the 2003 World Series against the Marlins. One day, you're standing outside the press gate, and a guy comes out and talks to you, right? right. Tell me, why were you standing out there? You wanted to see one of the players well, or something? Who did you had, want to see? I had a ball that was signed by Yogi Berra and yeah. Whitey Ford. yeah. And I wanted Phil Rizzuto to sign it. Sure. So we waited. This man came out. Right, and I asked him where, like, if he knew where Phil Rizzuto was. Yeah. And he said, I don't know where he is. He's up in my suite. So we told the security guy to send the stuff. Uh-huh. So you went up there and you got the autograph. But now you're up there every time. You became close friends with George Steinbrenner. <laughs> you know, a lot, of people, like a lot of people can't accomplish that. What <laughs> it was, was incredible secret? what was going on with that. He's a good guy, isn't he? Because um, Regis Philbin took the time to hear my want to hear my story. To want to hear my story. And I'm just forever grateful that uh, Regis... And I had that friendship. And we would go back there, even off air. We would go back to watch his shows. We met James Garner there. Did we see Clooney again there? I'm not sure. But whenever someone big was there, we kind of had a line. Said, hey, if you want to go, you can get tickets. And so we did quite a handful of times. 
And so, Regis, thank you for your hospitality. Thank you for everything you did for my family and I. And you know we miss you so much. And I just thought I'd spend a couple of minutes on that experience. And now, let us hear from Eric Cabral of PodMax, who's trying to stay motivational, motivated, uplifted during these trying times. Let's find out how he did it. Eric, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, yeah. I miss you, man. It's good to, it's good to hear your voice, and uh, hopefully we'll see each other soon. Absolutely. Eric uh, and I met at an event with Ari Zoldan, and we connected through there, and here we are talking it up. So what I brought, I wanted to bring you on because you have a lot of different perspectives on your own pod and, and from yourself. So let's start there. What are you seeing in this time that maybe others aren't? In terms of podcasting, or well, in terms of the times, like what what exactly are you focusing on when you deliver your message on, on the podcast these days? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's to be honest, quite motivational. You know, I know that there's a lot going on. There's a lot of negativity, especially on social media, and it's easy to get trapped and sucked and go into that rabbit hole. So I, I try to put it in perspective for people. You know. Um, you know, each and every day, you know, let's focus on the good things. Let's focus on what we can control. And, you know, that is a weekly live show that we do on Facebook. Um, but then as in terms of like my social media content and, and what I put out there on all the different platforms, um, you know, quick hits, you know, two to four minutes. Uh, I try to help people on delivering their message, like how to deliver it what to deliver, um, are you offering value in people's life or business, things like that, not to just turn on the camera and start talking without an agenda or plan, but at least um, being mindful of what you have to say and offer and, and then turning it on, you know, with, right. with, a, with a little bit of thought. Yeah. Well, you are, you are the creator of PodMax, and that's such a great name. I, I love that name. And <laughs> as a small business owner, how have you been hit with this and how have you been able to yeah, stay motivational during these times. Yeah, to be honest, Alex, you know, I, I was I was quite uh, you know afraid when it first hit us because uh, you know a large percentage of our business was in events, live events, and meetups, and we didn't know what to expect. But we said, you know, after about three weeks of you know hemming and hawing and crying, we said, you know, what we could do is build what we did live virtually. Let's just see what happens. If we build it, hopefully they'll come. And we're blessed that our businesses have not been uh, affected by COVID, you know, in, in the creative and production side of, on our brands, which is our media agency. But then PodMax as an event company has been thriving, honestly, during COVID because People need to deliver their message. They need to network. And those are the things that we do really well. And we provide the platform to people because they desire and need it right now. Like, how do I do it? How do we get right. the message? How do I continue networking in an effective way virtually? So we've we sort of cracked the code on that in PodMax. So, yeah, we're, we're blessed that, that everything is working out. Well, and, and how has this space really changed? I mean, how many Zoom events have you put on? It sounds like you've put on quite a few for, for different companies over the last few months. Yeah. Well, we mainly do it for our for ourselves. Um, we are beginning to partner with other companies. Um, too soon to announce now, but we're, we're in negotiations with larger companies that want us to put on a PodMax event embedded within their event, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, we're, we're really being able to leverage our talents and experience in this space 
and then for ourselves and then really get recognized in different industries um, as people who, who figured it out and know what they're doing. And rather than building it themselves, they're like, why don't we just hire them to bring it to us and for our clients and for our audience? So that's that's what we're doing right now, which is really exciting. I understand that you were on a, on a recent another recent podcast and you had this this amazing conversation. Where can people find that? I believe it is at uh, something pockets, right? Just just refresh me on oh, that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Bigger Pockets is a big investor community, mostly in the real estate space, um, but they have probably one of the biggest, if not the biggest, podcasts in that space. Um, but I was on one of their other podcasts that specializes in every type of business. So it's called Bigger Pockets Business Podcast. And a friend of mine, Jay Scott and Carol Scott, are the hosts, co-hosts for that show. And yeah, they 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 get a they get a good ton of people. Just rabid fans and followers from the Bigger Pockets community, which is I think 1.5 million people in that community, and then um, they created multiple podcasts, and I was on one of those. So yeah, it was it was really a blessing and always a, a goal of mine to be on one of their shows. So yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, you're you're I could tell you have fun talking about your brand. So what is it like for you to get out there and really promote the good work you're doing? It must feel energetic and and, and electric when you do it. Yeah, you know, you know, Alex, it's all about, um, you know, providing solutions for people that, that are trying to figure this out. You know, I, whenever I talk to people and, and, and they have some trepidation and concern over what's happening in the economy and society and how do we get back to business? How do we start to deliver our message or whatever it is? Do I need a podcast? Well, you know, it, it's really cool to, to be able to help people and and provide solutions whether it's us doing the work for them or just having a conversation like this where it's like you know let's talk you know let's like mm-hmm. when the mic goes off right now it's like hey alex how can i help you it's really all about for me an abundance mindset and like a rising tide lifts all boats how do we all help each other how do we all grow together and that's the community that i met you in you know we're we're all sort of helpful and brothers from another mother all mm-hmm. coming together and like how do we help each other? And look, I mean, it took over a year for us to get on this show. Great. But um, hey, we're doing it right. We're figuring it out. How can I help you? How can I you help me? And it's just just great, you know, the, especially during these times, you know. Let's, well, let's and when, we, well, when we were talking about at, at the event, I remember how excited I was that you were literally like doing your pod from a studio. You built your own studio to do that. I mean, that's that shows you really care about the medium itself. Yeah, yeah. I it's funny you say um, because I I started the podcast. I mean, you've been doing it way longer than I have, uh, but it was really to to create a channel and a platform for me and a personal brand level. And I wanted to because I, I do a lot of different things and, and friends and family and people would always ask, "Are you an investor or <laughs> do you have a creative agency or what do you do?" I'm so confused. So I was like, I'll just make a, I'll create a podcast so everybody knows what the heck I'm doing and they can just listen. Um, then that was just from home. I was just doing it from home, calling friends over and like, hey, let's sit in my office and uh, have a conversation. And then an opportunity came where a good friend of mine said, hey, I have this commercial space. Um, it's got vacancy. Do you want to put a studio in it? I'll front the bill. That was, I was like, that's a no brainer. He's like, I'll pay for the equipment. I'll pay for the space rent free. And of course, that all changed now that we're 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 having success. But um, yeah, it really really created a you know a, a road and a trajectory for us to like wow we're 
we're, we're a little bit more legit now that we have studios and a space for people to come to. And normally I usually do vlogs more and I find there's so much more power in that than just the audio format. Would you agree? Yes. And no. I mean, I, yeah, I agree. Um, I don't implement it as well as I should because um, it's a heavier lift, right? It's another sort of medium and, 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 and I like to build teams and not necessarily do things uh, for myself because I, I'm not the best at everything. And I've realized that as a business owner, like I can't do it all. So I need to find someone who's better at something than me and, 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 and give them the tools and the resources to create. So uh, the video blogs are wonderful. Jeez Louise, that's powerful. If you can get that going, absolutely. Um, and then even just blogging, it's like old school, putting pen to paper and inspiring people through words. You know, I, I, I have to hire folks and, and, and find help. Here's what's cool, Alex, is you and I create a lot of different content. Well, that's all repurposed. Like you could repurpose all of that content. And the more we create, the more people mm-hmm. we could touch, right? The more people we can inspire. It seems that, you know, I used to be like, well, and you're doing a weekly. I always thought maybe I should just try and do this weekly because I think maybe overload would be every day. But I've started to find that every day it helps you grow momentum as you do it. So I try and carve out a little time to do this. Um, every day and it's it's so cathartic above everything else that you have all this stuff on your mind here's an outlet you could do it and maybe you feel the same way yeah you're right because the more you put and it doesn't have to be perfect right like when we go on mic or camera we put our thoughts out there and with not disregard for lack of a better word but just less concern over it being absolutely perfect because it's never going to be perfect. And if that's going to immobilize you and prevent you from creating something, um, then maybe it's not the platform for you, but yeah, I'm with you, man. 100%. Let's, let's create and turn the video on or turn whatever it is on. And, and uh, you know, hopefully someone will listen and find something inspirational out of it. Well, I'm, I'm going to get into a bit of the doldrums of the city because I know you're in real estate and it sounds like you're probably monitoring what the heck's going on with that as the office space is becoming more virtual. But uh, on this podcasting, I've got to ask, I know you're young at it, but are you already seeing people come to you for advice on how to start a podcast? Yeah, I mean, well, that that is what On Air Brands does. We, we, we create and produce podcasts for clients. Um, and there's, yes, there's more people kicking tires and more people interested in doing it. I mean, to be honest, it hasn't, I haven't seen a huge uptick, you know, because there was always people interested pre COVID in building and creating a podcast. Um, I think what's happening is more and more people are finding the tools on how to do it themselves, which is great. You know, it's a low barrier to entry, but it's, you know, it's, it's high, uh, probability of failure. So I think that um, as long as people get started and, and figure it out, you know, you know I'm, I'm always open to helping people and, and, mm-hmm. and recommending what it is we do and how we do it. But um, to set people apart, our clients, especially in our content, we, we, we go really high end. You know, we go high end on production, high end and value and, and, and content. So, yeah, if you could create a podcast that's different differentiate you from what's out there well that's the thing there's like thousands yeah. of them out there now so <laughs> oh yeah yeah over a million they say now um but I, you know even though there's over a million podcasts think about 
the percentage of podcasts that are actually active mm. is very low. I think there's only maybe 200 to 250,000 that release an episode a week. Um, so that still is encouraging, right? Because even right. though there's a lot out there, they're, they're empty parking lots. They're, they're, they're doing nothing with it. So there's opportunities for people out there, and I wouldn't let that discourage them that there's so many shows out there. Well, right, and I don't think it's even healthy to think you're in competition because I think, all yeah. as I've come to realize, all of it's our own kind of unique taste, and if someone likes it, great. If not, I don't really care what the other guy's doing in the sense that at least I'm doing what I want and I'm not being swayed by others' content, if that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's it's really just putting yourself out there no one is you, you know, no one is Alex Garrett. No one is Eric Cabral. No one, you know, you're unique and your voice is unique and you have takes on things that people, like you said, they're interested, they'll come. If they're not, then they'll, they'll find something else. Exactly. But, yeah. Well, then do you feel that there are some that come to you for complete, uh, you know, guidance on this and say, Hey, or, or I shouldn't say guidance. are they ever panicking? Like, well, what if this isn't good enough? What if I can't compete? Uh, if you get those kind of clients, what do you tell them? Um, well, we typically wouldn't, uh, work with someone that is at that stage. You know, maybe they need to figure some things out, get more comfortable, try it themselves. Um, we, we typically work with people who know this is a platform that they want to invest in and they know that it takes time and energy to produce results because, you know, it's a long term result that you're expecting, not something that's going to happen overnight. And I always go in with a client or potential client with that with that expectation. Like, don't think you're going to come into this and then just get 10,000 downloads per episode in a week or two or a month. You know, you, you have to commit six months to a year at the least to start to see some traction. And uh, and yeah, and that's the thing. It's just every day. Like I was doing this up until April, like every week. Then I said, there's a daily idea. So so here, here we go. Um Eric, on the real estate side, though, I've got to ask you this. Um, what's going to happen? Are we really going to see a, a real downtick and a, and a pretty much crisis formulate within the real estate industry? Yeah, I, I so my take and, you know, take this with a grain of salt because I'm not as active as I was several years ago. Uh, but, you know, I do surround myself and always around investors and, and listen to what they're saying and from what I see and from what they're saying, there's a there's a window of opportunity here right now. It's it's July 2020. And right now, residential real estate, single family homes is hot for the seller's market. So there are people out there who are leaving in droves. You know, unfortunately, Alex, in New York City, you know, Chicago, all the you know, L.A., all these big, big, big cities. Well, people realize I want quality of life. I want space where I can have a podcast studio or I could work from home and then walk to a nice kitchen and, you know, eat with my family. Like people are starting to realize I don't have to be in a building in order to be productive. Well, they're leaving and coming to New Jersey, going to Connecticut, going to Pennsylvania, and they're looking for single family homes. So all my friends who are real estate agents are like, I am so freaking busy right now because I'm just showing all these urbanites homes you know in the suburbs so who knows how long that'll last but i'll, I'll tell you this though commercial real estate's gonna get hit and it's getting hit really really hard eric when you really hear when, when you yeah and when you hear this mayor basically 
be so happy baseball's back, but yet no, offer no incentive for those 420,000 that have left the city and those real estate companies now struggling and worrying what to do, it frustrates me, and it should frustrate everybody. Does it ever frustrate you? Like, hey, how come this guy seems out of touch with even the fact that 420000 won't be coming back because of him? Yeah, I know. You know, not to get into conspiracy theories, but, you know, I do believe there is another agenda. You know, New Jersey's feeling the same thing. I'm in New Jersey. You know, uh, I'm originally I'm a native New Yorker. Um, but so I have a love for both states and they're doing the same things, man. You know, right. not allowing small to mid-sized businesses open, you know, not allowing us to to gather and 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 cultivate and nurture relationships that were growing and uh, business and clients and just everything on pause for way longer than they had talked right. about and promised. I, I mean, thought there's going to be a month. I thought there's only going to be a month. I thought there's going to hey, be a month lockdown myself. I, yeah. Let's flatten the curve. What happened to that? We flattened it, right? <laughs> well, and it goes beyond uh, that. Now it's like the mask is a debate. Meanwhile, the original intent yeah. of the mask was to just do it if you were six feet, if you couldn't be six feet away. Now it's like a whole thing. Anyway, it, it gets yeah. into the weeds and it's crazy. But what are you telling your real estate friends? I mean, you say you're, you're using your platform to motivate. How are you motivating them to not give up right now? Yeah, it's so true. So, I mean, I don't speak specifically to the real estate investors when I'm on my platforms. I'm talking to business owners, right? Because we all have that right. in common is we're, we're trying to provide, you know, our families, put food on the table, um, continue servicing our clients and customers in, in whatever way, shape or form that we can. So, like, that's where you're right. I'm trying to motivate. I'm trying to keep them, you know, from from going down dark paths because how quickly and easily is it to go down rabbit holes and get sucked mm-hmm. into social and just just eat all that stuff up and then before you know it you're waking up miserable every day with zero motivation to do anything uh so so i do personally you know try to stay motivated through meditation exercise healthy diet and doing things so that i keep my mind right because you know, like they always say, Alex, you can't help others unless you help yourself. You know, put the oxygen mask on yours, your face yep. before you can put it on, you know, your loved ones. So I'm trying to do that before I can help the masses. And, yeah, we got to stay positive. I mean, there are specific industries out there that are really getting suffering. You know, obviously the restaurant business is killing me that this is happening. And it's just it's, it's yeah, I, I, I try not to talk about it and, and think about it too, too much, Alex. Because it's depressing, right. man. Wait, because it, we're we're we don't have control over it, and right. I try to focus on the things that I can control. And that reminds me, as a, as a business owner that you are, have you been developing almost, I'd say, healthier habits in this quarantine, like eating better, maybe figuring out what, how you feed your soul, pretty much. I feel like that's what a lot of people who still have the will about them started examining. Right? I mean, at least I did during this whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I honestly, before COVID, was not meditating on a regular basis. Uh, I, I have now, over the past three, four months, created a habit and a ritual to at least the very first thing in the morning is meditate. You know, and for anyone who's listening and finds, you know, struggles with getting that as part of their daily habits, well, I, man, I love YouTube. If you can get a premium account for YouTube, I think it's like, I don't know, 10 or 12 bucks a month. Well, you can listen to anything on YouTube rather than watch it. You can listen to it with your phone off 
and I listen to guided meditation. I mean, it's been working wonders for me because now there's a beautiful voice telling me, you know, breathe in, breathe out, think this, think that. Whereas I didn't know how to do that on my own. I always like all the noise in my mind would always just interrupt my meditation. Whereas this guided meditation, it's powerful. Well, and I have to believe, and that leads me to my next question because I've been talking about this a bit. New York City is not dead, like people may think it is, but but we've got business owners that are back open to an extent. And to me, that means there's been so much will of the business owner to survive this. Want to weigh in on that? Like how, how much of a will it's taken to survive this and then actually survive it is worth talking about. Yeah. So the business owners that have been powering through, figuring out ways to deliver their service, you know, whether it's curbside pickup or, you know, um, making sure that they're abiding by the, the rules or whatever you want to call it by, you know, making sure that everyone's keeping their distance um, inside their establishment. And I mean, there are, there are ways, I mean, you've seen it and you've, and, and watch people going into businesses and they're figuring it out. Yes. It's limited and it's, it's creating a huge disruption in, in their expected profits, but at least they're trying to keep it moving. And I think that people out there, here's the big thing, Alex, is that, I'm not talking to the business owners. I'm talking about the the people out there who are listening that are customers. We have to support these business owners that are struggling because if these are gone, really, truly, Alex, if small to mid-sized businesses are gone, all that's left is going to be corporations and the lower class. Mm. What does that look like, right? We've seen that in other countries. They call it something. <laughs> Why do we want to go there? Why are we going there? And to be honest, I feel point. I feel more comforting hearing that from you than from leadership saying, well, what if the small business leaves? Well, whose fault is that? It's not small business owner fault, fault if they leave. It's your darn fault. So I'm, I, I feel a little more comfortable hearing it from you because you're in the ground. You're in the trenches. Uh, but what have what have business owners been telling you um you know, just about how they're feeling and their screen time and TV time. I feel like that's another thing that people have been so absolved in is the, the, uh, or involved in screen time and watching the TV. We got to cut that out, don't we? Oh my goodness. It's so easy too, right. To get sucked into it. Cause it's good. I'm, but the thing is there's, there's a healthy balance in anything, right? So if we eat too much fast food, that's not good for you. I mean, every once in a while you can indulge. Uh, same thing with, with content and television, you know, in small doses, it's okay, right? If you need to unwind, you need to, you know, unplug your mind from, from the realities of the world. But if it gets to the point where it is consuming you and you don't even realize it, there's got to be something done there, right? It's, it's filling your mental factory with good stuff, whereas television and movies and things that aren't elevating your mindset mm. – over the long run, it's just it's going to be like any any habit, right? It's going to, it's going to be good or bad for you, and you know I, I do don't trust me. I'm a huge fan of of television and movies, and I I miss the. I mean, sure. I'm a huge Marvel fan. I love Marvel movies and, and and Disney and all this stuff, and all of it's on pause, right? They they paused everything, and it's a domino effect because I'm going to get geeked out here for Go a second. For it. Is, is the, the Marvel movies are connected. They, they've actually created a universe where television is now connected to movies. Mm-hmm. No one was able to do it at the, 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 the capacity and the, the rate they've done it. And 
because of this, because of COVID, because of all the, 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 the rules, you can't call them laws because they're not laws, all the rules that they're put in place is it's, it's paused. Even Hollywood, which is crazy, like a gigantic machine is put on pause. Well, right. It's and it's uh, it's almost like, well, how are we going to stay and, and be reminded of what just happened with Thanos? Right. So we got to keep our mind fresh <laughs> with all that. And it's so weird, by the way, that that snap of the finger and all of a sudden it's like it happened mm. in reality. Very strange Dude. to me. Wow. Have you heard of uh, uh, predictive conditioning? Which I guess would have been, would be Simpsons territory too, because they were predicting all this stuff. To <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, go watch. Uh, right when COVID hit, dude, there was I think outbreak. Was it outbreak or the other one? Contagion. Contagion. Contagion yeah, yeah. Was the most downloaded movie on iTunes for like a month or two. Why? Right, because people wanted the answer. Like, skip right. to the end. How does this play out? Right. Uh, somebody's telling us something. I'm trying to trying to tell us something. So well, and I, I <laughs> we all know it was malicious, and I don't want to say that any of these, I I don't want to say any of these movies called you know were in favor of it. They were just advising us what the heck would happen, um, in oh, the yeah. circumstances. I just didn't think we'd ever get there. To be very real with you, I'm with you, man. And maybe that's naive on yours and my part because I could never and who ever could have imagined. I've been to Asia. Um, it was like ten or twelve years ago, and seeing everyone with the masks. At the time, I was like, oh, that's smart, right? Not everyone was wearing it, but I was like, it makes sense, right? If you're going to sneeze or if you're sick, I thought maybe if you had a cold or something, you don't want to spread it. Those were the people that wore them. But then as it came here to the level that it did and how quickly it did, man, is that shocking. Super shocking to see, like, how quickly it was adopted. Well, and here, here's the thing that I'm worried about, and maybe you'll agree. I feel like... This is sort of pushing us to become like China, where we ma- wear masks all the time, and I'm really not uh, about that. So I'm a little, I'm a little wary of it. Uh, I think it's needed now, but it shouldn't be mandated for the rest of our lives, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. Um, you know, I think that. Uh, it's, uh, so it's funny because, of course, the, here's the weird thing, dude. It's it's created a divide, right? And that's never good, right? And so there's a divide now with the maskers or whatever you call it, people who don't. Want, so. I get it. Like, there's always going to be, we got to respect each other's opinion. And if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. We're in America. That's what's great about America. We have choices. But if you start to dictate and say we don't have choices, then where are we? Are we still in America? Right? I should have the choice if I'm going to do that or not, do whatever it is. And, and it's just, it to me, it's funny because I don't ever get to talk about this stuff, Alex, because my shows are not based on like politics or anything. But um, it's unconstitutional to me, um, right. the things that are beginning to happen. I mean, go to the Constitution. It literally says this, like, right to assemble. So just, just, go there. just go there. And it's, it's not. It's unconstitutional. Well, I will give a little caveat to the mask, though. At least it's states' rights. OK, I, I'm OK with that portion. But when you make it a national thing, that's what gets me. Um it should have been. I agree with you that Cuomo should have just made a recommendation, not a requirement for businesses, because it is up to the business whether they want to let a masked person in or not. Like, that should be up to them, not dictated by the state. And also, let's all be honest, and maybe you'll agree with me, Eric, since we're sitting on the same page here, how come we were never given a vote in this democracy whether to lock down or not? How did we go right. from, you know, um, 
the as the Declaration of Independence actually says is that the powers are derived from we the people. Well, how did that become we the people are being powered by someone else? No, that will never work in America, and it shouldn't stand for it. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I think that if you instill fear in a society, they'll follow you, man. They'll follow whatever it is you tell them to do. And, And although I get it, I understand the masks, but there's another level to it that people aren't thinking about. Right. It's a psychological Mm -hmm. effect that it's having on people. Right. And that's fear. Well, fear that they're going to be asked to do more. It's like once you give them an inch, they'll take 12 miles from us before we even know it. And then it becomes normal. Right. Normal happen. It's the bull. It's the frog in boiling water concept. Little by little by little. Right. If you increase the temperature, frog dies. Right. He's, He's boiled in water. He's never going to jump out. I feel like people don't realize if you go back in time, go to the 60s, go to the 70s, go to the 80s, how different America was than it is now. Mm. Right? Because it's been slowly boiling to the point where we are now. And it's happening overnight. So crazy how quickly it's happened. Well, I've got to ask you this because you said you don't talk about this on your pod. So, but, <laughs> but do you ever feel driven to? Like, do you, is that something you just kind of put away forcefully in I, yourself? Uh uh, in myself or in my my message? Well, I guess what I'm saying is like, do you do you? Is it tough to truly put it away? What you're saying now on this pod is that ideology tough to put away for your podcast when you have a microphone, but you don't want to go into that? I guess on your on your own platform. <laughs> yeah, the conversation. It's not tough only because the conversations are driven by you know sometimes my co-hosts or my guests. If my guest goes there, you know, I, I, I will state my opinion. You know, I won't hold back. But I don't truly go deep, 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 deep because you and I know, right? It's polarizing, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and we have an audience. It's not really my brand to, to get into politics. Uh, I don't like to talk too much about it because I'm not an expert. I'm not an economist. I'm just stating opinion. You know, I'm a creative, really. I'm a creative guy. And um, I want to stay in my lane, but I do have strong opinions about this because it's affecting the entire country and the world. And um, and I'm all about mindset, right? Mindset of, of, you know, zero fear, you know, just complete and total positivity and abundance. Right? Exactly. And, and, and everyone helping each other and just lending a hand. Not all this divide that's going on right now. There's so much divide and we need to come together. Well, right. And, and I won't I won't try and make this political, but I will just say creative. There were so many CEOs that were praised for making creative masks and doing all that, which is great. Then they demonized the, the you know, the, the, the barber down the street or the bar down, bar owner for this. And it's like, well, why don't we just empower every business owner, no matter who they are during this time? That's mm-hmm. what would bring America together. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's, it's also about passing judgment, quick judgment. You know, when when someone walks into a business or vice versa, you know, a business owner sees someone with or without a mask, it's it's it, I, I, I don't like what it's what it's doing to Americans. I don't like how it's causing such polarizing anger or fear. That's not a good thing. You know, and that that's where I'm against it because right. of mob mentalities. Like I, I literally walked into a pizza shop. This was this was not at the height of COVID. I walked into a pizza shop. I didn't have my mask. I totally forgot one, but I ordered food and I went to pick it up. Right. And I was in the business 
I stayed six feet from everyone, literally half a dozen people in there, including the people that worked there, didn't have masks. But don't forget, it wasn't at a time whenever they made it mandatory. Um, then somebody walked past me and said, dude, where's your mask? And I said, I, I, I forgot one. And he goes, then get out. So I assumed this guy worked there, right? And I go, hey, I, I ordered food. I'm, I'm here to pick it up. He goes, you're putting us all at risk. Oh, and then all of a sudden, one person, another person, another person going, yeah, yeah. They're all looking at me. And they go, you know, to me, it seems like I'm the one at risk because I'm breathing all the air and you guys aren't. <laughs> you guys right. are breathing all the air here. I'm the one at risk. And they go, you got it wrong, man. You got it wrong. And they, I swear to God, Alex, if I stay there any longer, they're going to start punching me and like, like piled on top of me. Like, where are we? That's what country the, is this? Right. And how do we let social justice movements turn us into that kind of fear? And I mean, because I was going to ask you about that next movement, too, because we saw this amidst the COVID crisis. We saw this whole movement of social justice. And, and now yeah. they've turned that into, well, yeah, it's OK for people to punch out NYPD officers. Really? That's OK now? <laughs> that, that, and I would never I, I don't. Well, you know, what? F it. They martyred George Floyd. I would say this about George Floyd. He would never want a cop to be bloodied up. He didn't seem like that kind of person, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So. There's another there's another device and tool to divide people, man. That to me is a, like, boom. Hey, perfect opportunity. Divide, divide, divide. Math, Black Lives Movement. Anything to me that co- causes social divide is not a good thing. We're supposed to be what? We're supposed to be Americans. Right. Right. We're supposed to do this together. We're supposed to build together, grow together, figure it out together, not point fingers and point blame. And it's just we're going in a weird, scary place, man. And I'm just like, I'm worried for my kids. I'm worried about what America, if it's called America, is going to be in five, 10, 20 years. I am, more, too. But I'm, I'm also trying to have this optimistic tune because if I don't, I'm going to yeah. go crazy. Uh, 100%. 100%. That's why I try not to talk about this stuff, because it's it's depressing, man. It's really depressing. But I would say, would you say that seeing these outdoor dining is actually giving you hope? That gives me a psychological hope that we're on the rebound. It does. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's great for the businesses. You know, they they can start generating income again. And, um, you know, people, you know, psychologically get to get back to the things that it's funny because when this happened, you never realized we were going to miss the little things. Right. Right. Eating at at restaurants, going to movies, talking to each other, (laughs) talking to each other, you know, like walking into a a, a room and then giving giving you a hug, like Mm -hmm. all these tiny, tiny things that makes us human. Man, we miss that stuff. I miss it so much, you know. And and it's scary because it's like I, I hate this term. Honestly, I do. The new normal. Like, mm. where did that come from? Where did that come from? Like, what can we just get back to normal? Right. And everyone's like, no, no, no. We got to It's going to be a new normal. Get used to it. Really? Do we? Mm. Or we can do. I mean, we're living in a free society, a free country. Let's do what we want to do. Right? Not, By the way, it sounds like you should have a podcast, Eric. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, I, I appreciate you for this platform because, I, like I said, man, I don't get into it. Not only because it's polarizing, but then also, you know, I have a team. I have people. I have um, – I don't, I don't, I don't want to create any divide. <laughs> well, this <laughs> is the other thing that's crazy. You're a business <laughs> owner. You get that both sides of the aisle exist in your company. Yeah. So why is it a Black Lives Matter can be painted on the NBA court? That's going to divide the league itself. 
I think so. They would never say that. But these these sports entities, and then we've got the mayor dividing everybody by painting Black Lives Matter. I mean, they're not realizing, or maybe they are. Maybe they just are, and we have to admit that they're not that stupid, uh, and they want to divide us all. I'm, I still can't tell with De Blasio. I don't know what. I think he's just goofy. I don't know if he has. <laughs> Any idea that he's dividing himself? I think he doesn't think he is. That's the craziest part. I think he's oblivious to it more so than intentionally doing anything. Maybe you're, maybe you're seeing something different, but that's just how I see it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm back and forth on that. I'm like, are they just that dumb, or are they that smart? I don't know. I really don't. It's, it's like I said, it's not my lane. I try to stay in my lane, right. but then you know, I do, I do have opinions based on what I see. And, you know, most of it is really just getting to the normal, not the new normal. And I, you Eric, know, how did you, that could ever happen again. Talking with Eric Cabral, Eric of PodMax and so many different entities, but PodMax is his baby. And um, Eric, got to ask you, since you love this country so much, what's your story? I, I've never really asked my guests their story, but since you're so convicted about this country, I want to know more about you. Like, why are you so convicted about America? Yeah, I I mean think about it. You know, this 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 country was built with immigrant hands, right? We we're all immigrants, and we all came here with a purpose, right? For for a better life, right? For sure, for, for yes, a better outcome for our family and future. So you know, my parents are immigrants. They came from the Philippines. You know, so I'm first generation Filipino here. And unfortunately, I'm I'm, I'm ashamed to say I've never ever been to the Philippines, but um. You know, I mean, I understand and appreciate the risk they took. You know, all the people that came to this country to build something for themselves took a big risk, right, by leaving their country for something better. Well, when we're here and we're building and we're creating and, you know, we're in a, we're supposed to be in a, in a capitalist country where you have opportunities available to you that no other place on the planet can provide, right? I've seen mm. it. I've witnessed it. I've seen people come from nothing. You know, become hugely successful. And successful doesn't mean you're a multimillionaire. Successful means you're happy. You created a happy life for you and your family. That's America, right? Without without restriction, without without rules and regulations that that change your quality of life. Isn't that what's happening? Like, what's happening to quality of life right now? That mm. is not the America I grew up in. That is not the America that I think everyone came here for. You know, I'm, I'm so glad they put Hamilton out there because I could never get tickets to it. But think about it, dude. I was watching that and I was thinking so many people died to mm-hmm. create this country the way we want, the way the Constitution, it was written for a reason and it's lasted for this long for a reason. And are we really going to throw all of that away Mm-mm. right, to rebuild something else? Right. The, the, the forefathers created that. And they, you know, I'm getting emotional here because it's like, for what? For what? If we're starting to rip statues down and we're starting to, like, you know, th- do all these things that are tearing at the fabric of this country. Really, and then, literally. Tra- and, and, and that's that's what do. That's that. That's how you take over a country. Right. Tear that's the right. fabric of society and their beliefs. So people have to wake up. But you see, here's the thing. And I don't know about the other countries that have turned sort of desperate and disparate, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. I don't know how that ended up being so easily taken over because I would say there's human will to survive in everybody, but I'm not sure. But here is in America feels like a, there's going to be a group that says we're not letting this happen. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Does Do other countries not have that will or not have that sector saying we're not going to let this happen? I'm I'm just confused how others have let it so happen easily 
And yet here we are. We're going to fight till the till our skin and bones are gone uh, to keep us free. Yeah, I mean, I hope you're right. You know, I really do. But when I was in that pizza shop, brother, it didn't feel like it. <laughs> right. It sure felt like there was more than that than me. You know, so uh, I think people are, are 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 very susceptible to fear. They're they're very easily um, um, open to to being told what to do because they it's hard to, it's hard to have critical thinking. It's hard to think for yourself and to decide for yourself. You know, there's a lot of pressure and fear behind that. So I think honestly, the majority of people will follow. Right. Mm-hmm. They'll yeah. follow. That's why there are less leaders and more followers, because that's just society. That's human nature. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. So the more and more people that do that, dude, I don't know, man. I mean, I'm hopeful that there will be leadership out there that can tell people, hey, stop following and, and lead your own life. Eric, I, I, so I want to have see. you back again because this is such a powerful conversation. And I just think there's so much more to unpack um, with you, your story, and with your your thoughts on this, and I, I definitely want you back as soon as we can make it happen because you've got a lot to offer, and and I love that. And yeah, I appreciate you. I work. really i i i clicked off your energy the minute we met. Like there was such an excitement you had in describing what you were working on that I said we've got to talk about this and grow a friendship. <laughs> and here we no, are. I appreciate your energy, dude. You you shocked and amazed me when you started like break dancing. What were you doing? Oh, you <laughs> I probably love that, dude. We're, we went live and you were like going to right. dance and a break that again. I was so, I was like, whoa, this dude is amazing. But yeah, yeah. I love your energy too, man. Yeah. And You're so dude. you, you kind of got into it earlier, but I guess with the enveloping of it all, business owners, what's your advice to them? What can they do better in not only getting back from the COVID crisis, but now empowering more opportunities for minorities uh, in their businesses? Like what, What's your message to just handle everything the best they can uh, in today's world? Yeah, I mean, so I think that, first off, if business owners are still trying to figure it out, it, it, now's the time. Like, let everyone know. You're, 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 you're open for business, right? Whether it's on your website, it's your social media, it's your storefront, People have to know that you're operating and you're there and you're, you're, you're providing a service that's going to help them, right? So then when you get to that point, you have to put it, man, social media is such a powerful tool. Use it. Use your platforms to let everyone know, hey, I'm open. Here it is. You could buy it online or you could, we'll deliver it to you. Whatever it is you need to do to stay on top and to be profitable you have to let people know because if people don't know, how are they going to do give you their business? How are they going to invest in you if they have zero idea that you even exist, right? So social media is powerful. Get out there and may, let everybody know what you're doing. I mean, in terms of letting minorities, as a minority myself, uh, I don't see color, race, or anything. You know, I, I'm, a, I'm a minority business owner, and it's funny because people are asking me to say something about Black Lives Matter. I'm like, well – I remember growing up and whether, you know, it was black people, white people, whoever it was throwing rocks at me, dude, for being Asian. Right. Mm. So, you know, my perspective was different on things, but I never let that hold me back. I never, ever used it as a crutch or as an excuse to not do something. So I think that if you're able to get past what it is you look like or they look like, 
and you just want to provide service and value in people's lives and come one, come all, regardless of your race, religion, ethnicity, sex, right? We're human. Exactly. I love this one quote. I forget exactly what it is, dude, but this one quote from Ronald Reagan where he said, if, I forgot, I'm going to butcher it, but he said something like, if there were an alien race to land on the planet, I think we would all come together as humans. Mm-hmm. Like, people have to put that in perspective. Like, we're human beings. We're all exactly the same. So the, the surface stuff, that's bullshit, man. The surface, the color of your hair, the color of your skin, you know, it doesn't matter. We're, we're all human beings. And that's, Amen. That's and, and I guess my million-dollar question is, well, if they want to get involved with your company and, and ask you for their advice, where can they reach you, uh, Eric? Yeah, absolutely. So our events company, our podcasting event company called PodMax, you could go to podmax.co, and that will get you on a bunch of podcasts to share your message and to tell people what you're doing. Um, and then we have our creative and production agency, our media agency called On Air Brands, and you can find that at onairbrands.com. And onairbrands.com. We will definitely link that in this podcast. So, hey, man, uh, Eric, I'm glad we got this in the books, as Howie Rose would say. Yes, I'm in a baseball <laughs> mood because I, I miss baseball, and, and it's good to oh, see I it do back. Too, man. But, um, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to see it back. But other than that, great to have this on, and we will talk to you soon. Yeah, brother. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And since airing this interview with Eric, uh, my family and I rewatched that moment with Regis Kelly, that host chat from October 17th, 2003. And this part left me with chills down my spine into how good a man Regis Philbin was to everyone. And what I, what I really liked about you is your positive attitude. You must keep that for the rest of your life. Understand? You. Never let anything stop you, okay? Give Thank me a kiss. You. Okay. There you go. Alexander Garrett, right there. Love you too, baby. And all this footage has been captured by the efforts of my mom, Lori Subrockway, who's making these video captures possible and audio captures. And, well, with that, And by the way, thanks, Mom. We'll be back tomorrow on Alex Garrett Podcasting.